We know proclaiming the truth can be difficult, but we understand the importance of letting people know that Jesus has triumphed over sin and death. He is more powerful than any force that seeks to separate us from God's love because we are important to God. And despite the challenges we face, we are called to share the word of God, knowing that God is with us, empowering and protecting us. We have been assured of the ultimate victory of truth and the transformative power of God's grace. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle A of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle A. Our first reading is from the prophet Jeremiah, it's chapter 20, verses 10 through 13. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, it's chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. And our gospel reading is from Matthew, it's chapter 10, verses 26 through 33. Uh, just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Jeremiah is from the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Romans is from the New Testament or the Christian Scripture, as is our gospel reading. So tonight we'll see that Jeremiah practices what he preaches, Paul shares a simple message, and Jesus says to spread the word. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, I hear many whispering, Terror on every side. Denounce him. Let's denounce him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying, Perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. 
Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking the command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by that grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? And our gospel reading is from Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the rooftops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. All right, so let's take a first glance at our readings and ask ourselves, well, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. And in this passage, we see the challenges and the opposition that the prophet faced as he tried to fulfill his role as God's spokesperson. The language used creates a bit of suspense, suspense and intention because it really emphasizes the intensity of the situation. I mean, phrases like terror on every side and denounce him, let's denounce him. I sure paint a picture of a rather hostile environment. Jeremiah felt like people were conspiring against him, not just, not just wanting him to fail, but trying to make him fail. And what's really disturbing is that these adversaries are identified as his friends. Jeremiah's friends wanted him to fail. <laughs> Talk about an extremely personal betrayal. But that's not where it ends, because the passage also conveys this feeling of triumph and deliverance. In spite of the distress and the opposition that he faced, Jeremiah recognized that God would ultimately rescue him from, from the hands of the wicked. Jeremiah had confidence in God's justice and salvation. He truly believed that the Lord would support and protect him in the face of all this adversity. Jeremiah's experience shows us that even the people who are closest to us may not understand or support the path we're called to walk. It highlights the reality that pursuing a life of faith can often involve resistance, rejection, and isolation. This idea, this message, is still very relevant today because plenty of people continue to face opposition and criticism when they choose to live out their faith or, or follow a particular calling. 
People can face resistance from family, friends, or society at large, which makes it tough to stay committed to your beliefs. So this story from Jeremiah can offer at least a bit of encouragement and, and reassurance to those who face similar challenges. And let's face it, this reading should also get us to think about the nature of true friendship and loyalty. There's value in looking at our relationships and discerning whether our friends will stand by us, even when we face opposition for our beliefs. Looking at it that way, this reading could be encouragement to focus on building genuine friendships, ones that are based on shared values and less conditions. So the main message I got from our first reading is that it's not easy sharing the Word of God, but we're not alone. Being disciples of Christ isn't easy, so we need to remember that we're not alone in our struggles. God will provide strength when times get tough. We just need to persevere. Even when it seems like the whole world is against us, we need to persevere. Jeremiah was a prophet, and yet he faced challenges, including from his own friends. But Jeremiah trusted in God's protection, and God was with him through it all. As we're answering the call to make disciples of all nations, we need to remember that it's not easy sharing the Word of God, but we're not alone. So our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, and in this reading, Paul explained that sin entered the world through one man, Adam. So this obviously refers to the story of Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis, where their disobedience to God's command brought sin into the world. And we know this is an allegory, but the church teaches that, that this Adam's act of disobedience, was, it was the original sin of humanity, but, but that had serious consequences. Paul explained that death entered the world through sin because sin separates us from our God, who is the source of life. Death became a universal experience for all human beings because sin corrupted the perfect harmony between God and humanity. As a consequence of that, we're all prone to sin, and we all face the ultimate consequence of sin, which is death. Now, the, the reference to sin existing before the law, that refers to the period before the giving of the Mosaic law to Moses. Even without a specific commandment, uh, people still sinned and experienced the effects of sin. Of course, the law ended up like, revealing the full extent of human sinfulness. In fact, Paul pointed out that even those who didn't break a command still died. His point was that death isn't solely a result of individual transgressions against specific commandments, but rather a, a consequence of the universal sin that we inherited as part of humanity. So even people who don't have direct knowledge of the law still experience death because we all inherited sin. But then Paul goes on to explain that Jesus, the new Adam, flipped it all on its head. Now the many have been saved by the gift of God's grace that came from the one, Jesus. 
the Son of God came to undo the effects of Adam's sin. Through his suffering, death, and resurrection, Jesus offers salvation and eternal life to humanity as a gift of God's grace. While Adam brought sin and death into the world, Jesus brought forgiveness and redemption. And through God's ongoing grace, Jesus provides an opportunity for humanity to be reconciled with God. So the main message I got from our second reading is that sin and death aren't even a match for Jesus. St. Paul emphasized that sin and death entered the world, and it affected all of humanity. But the good news is that through the sacrifice of Jesus, God offers forgiveness, grace, and the opportunity for eternal life for everyone who believes. It's an important message for us today because it reminds us that we're all in need of salvation and that it's only through Jesus Christ that we can find forgiveness and reconciliation with God. We should be confident in placing our faith in Christ because sin and death aren't even a match for Jesus. And finally, our gospel reading was from Matthew. And you may have found yourself asking, what were they afraid of? Well, the disciples were afraid that their message might not be very well received. Earlier in the chapter, you might recall, Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them the authority to drive out impure spirits and heal diseases. But he also warned them that they would be like sheep among wolves, implying that they'd face opposition and hostility as they carried out their mission. But Jesus encouraged his disciples not to be afraid of the people who would oppose them. He assured them that the truth of the gospel can't be hidden or suppressed. Eventually, Everything that's concealed and done in darkness will be brought into the light. So the disciples should proclaim the message of the gospel boldly and without fear. Jesus assured his disciples that their lives and well-being were were deeply valued by God. He used the example of sparrows, which were considered to be worth very little, pennies. So to emphasize that if God cares for even the smallest and seemingly most insignificant creatures, how much more does God care for his disciples? We need to understand that Jesus' assurance of the disciples' value to God should also provide comfort and reassurance for us today. It reminds us that we're not alone in our mission. We are deeply loved and cared for by our Heavenly Father. This understanding of God's love and concern for us can give us courage, confidence, and a sense of purpose in sharing the gospel message. In a world where sharing one's faith can be met with opposition or indifference, this passage encourages believers to persevere, knowing that God is with them and that the truth of the gospel will ultimately prevail. It reminds people of the importance of their role in spreading the good news and encourages them to trust in God's protection as they try to fulfill that mission. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that we should share the gospel without fear because God is on our side. 
We should have courage and confidence in proclaiming the gospel message, even in the face of opposition or or our own personal fear. Jesus acknowledged that the disciples would face challenges and that their message might not always be well-received. But he also assured them of the ultimate victory of truth and the significance of their role in God's plan. It's an important message for us today because it addresses the fears and uncertainties that can arise when we try to share our faith. We hesitate to speak about our beliefs for fear of rejection or ridicule. So Jesus reminds us that the gospel can't be hidden and that we should share the gospel without fear because God is on our side. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Jeremiah, the main message I came away with was, it's not easy sharing the word of God, but we're not alone. In our second reading from Romans, the main message I got was, sin and death aren't even a match for Jesus. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, share the gospel without fear, because God is on our side. As Christians, we know that proclaiming the truth can be difficult and is often met with resistance. And yet we understand the importance of letting people know that Jesus, the new Adam, has triumphed over sin and death. Through his sacrifice, he has demonstrated that he is more powerful than any force that seeks to separate us from God's love. In fact, Jesus himself reminded all of us of our worth and our importance to God and reassured us that the truth we proclaim can't be hidden forever. When we look at these messages together, we realize that despite the challenges we face, true disciples are called to boldly share the word of God, knowing that Jesus has conquered sin and death and that God is with us, empowering and protecting us. We need to overcome our fears trust in God's guidance, and proclaim the gospel with confidence, because we have been assured of the ultimate victory of truth and of the transformative power of God's grace. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions, so what and now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because recognizing the challenges we'll face when sharing the Word of God is essential to being prepared. It's good to be reminded that living out our faith and proclaiming the gospel message may not always be easy or popular. It's our duty to bring God's message of love and radical acceptance to the world, but we need to do it with our eyes wide open. This is important because understanding the significance of Jesus triumphing over sin and death is it's crucial to our faith. It underscores the core of Christianity. Through his sacrifice and resurrection, Jesus offers us the gift of salvation, freeing us from the power of sin and granting us eternal life. It's through our faith in Jesus and our participation in the sacraments that we can experience the power of God's grace and be reconciled with God. Jesus encourages us to share the gospel message without fear, reminding us that God is intimately involved in our lives and that we're not alone in our mission. 
With God's guidance and support, we can confidently proclaim the truth, knowing that the Holy Spirit works through us and that God's love and protection are always with us. This is important because we need to have the will and the courage to be agents of positive change in the world. We're called to actively participate in God's plan of redemption, spreading hope, love, and truth in our communities, and doing our best to bring others closer to God in the process. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, a great place to begin is with a bit of uh, introspection and self-reflection. By reflecting on our personal responses to all of this, we recognize that the messages aren't just historical accounts or theological concepts. They're living truths that are relevant today, and they're applicable in our lives. So with that in mind, here's your real question for the week. How can I personally respond to these messages in my own life? Thinking about how we can personally respond begins to bridge the gap between understanding and taking action. By, by prompting intentional reflection, we begin what amounts to an examination of conscience, which inspires discernment of concrete actions, right? What should we do? And fosters a sense of empowerment and accountability. The, the process that begins with answering a question can move us from passive reception of knowledge to active engagement with our faith, figuring out how to live a life that reflects the love and teachings of Jesus Christ can begin with simply answering the question, how can I personally respond to these messages in my own life? Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about how to respond in a way that moves you from understanding to action, remember what we read in James chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's important to put our faith into action and not just passively receive and understand the teachings of Scripture. True faith involves actively living out the Word of God in our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on the real values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide. <laughs>